jumped on the show once or twice before. Twice. Twice, yeah. <clears throat> and by the way, you have a new book? Yes. It's Donald Trump's top secret concession speech. It's actually a year old. It's been two years since I've been on here. Good God. I, I know. It didn't seem that long. Yeah. And uh, and it is uh, a, a uncivil book, I think you said. <laughs> uncivil, incivil. Uh, it's, it's satire uh, in a mean way. Well, in a good way. <laughs> well, that's 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 a thing. So just, but interesting nonetheless. So, um, and uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Stacy Cooney, the host of Evidence Based, running our uh, soundboard tonight. Badly. And uh, yeah, sorry. And uh, I just want to mention a couple of things before we get started here. You can get in touch with us, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. So on email, it's civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Twitter, it's at CivilPoliticsFM. On Facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio is our community. And finally, we do have a website, which is CivilPoliticsRadio.com. Also, we do try to post links to things we talk about during, you know, either during or after the show, you know, articles we mention or whatever. Uh, and uh, you can look for the hashtag Civil References on Twitter and Facebook or Civil Corrections uh, if we get something wrong and need to fix it. Uh, but that uh, helps you, you know, following along at home. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, uh, there's there's uh, many things we could talk about. But uh, since you've uh, uh, written uh, uh, President Trump's uh, uh, speech to write uh, empty suit publications, I like the press. It's <laughs> uh, a good name. Um, uh, since you've already written uh, uh, the speech he can give when he's thrown out of office, uh what about the the different ways Trump might get thrown out of office soon? What do you? There are many, and uh, I don't think any of them will actually happen, sadly. But there are lots of ways he could get thrown out of office. Um, as you mentioned uh, when we were talking before the show, the Mueller investigation, obviously. Uh, but that would, you know, can you indict a sitting president is a big question. And if you do, and he gets convicted, does that matter? When obviously the Republican Congress is not going to impeach him. But the Republican Congress might not be the Republican Congress much longer. Yeah. Well, I also think it's fair to say that, uh, uh, no, you can't indict him because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, because he's the sitting president. He does have sovereign immunity. But still, uh, indictments against other people. And this is why the term unindicted co-conspirator exists. Mm. So, But uh, there's also um, uh, the state of Maryland and the District of Columbia uh, were just certified as having standing to mm. sue President Trump under the emoluments clauses of the Constitution, both the foreign and domestic emoluments because of his hotel business in Washington, D.C. And uh, assuming that uh, decision uh, holds up under appeal, because I'm sure that's going to be appealed, mm. uh, once the discovery process gets going, that's inevitably going to mean that uh, various you know tax and business records, including personal income tax forms, are going to start being discovered, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if those are soon going to become public documents. That would be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, uh, related to that, that's one of the things with uh, the Stormy Daniels and, um, is it McDaniel or McDougal? Uh, McDougal, Karen McDougal. Yeah. And who's the the one that Gloria Allred had been representing? Uh, 
not Summer Glau. She's an actress who was in that Joss Whedon show. Um, but Summer <laughs> something, wasn't it? <laughs> summer, yeah, Summer something. Yeah, I, I feel really bad that I don't remember her name. But you remembered her name of like like before we went on air. So <laughs> I did. You were like Summer Sanders. No. That was minutes ago. Yeah, I, I may have said Summer Sanders. But yeah, that was really interesting <laughs> because uh, that one might get the holy grail of what many of the lawsuits against Trump are going for, and that would be to get him to testify under oath. Yeah. Which would be a really important step for this because he lies constantly. Yeah. Uh, and it would be really interesting to see if he lies under oath. Uh, the times he's been under oath in uh, lawsuits before this, he's been really careful and uh, withheld a lot of things and, and played dumb about so many things. That How do you know he was playing? That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, getting him to be honest under oath would be a really interesting thing. Well, the other interesting thing is, um, <clears throat> so uh, the fellow who represents uh, Ms. Daniels uh, apparently is suing Mr. Cohen, who's uh, uh, mm-hmm. President Trump's personal attorney. And because that whole thing with the agreement, and I know we're sort of getting in some ways into the weeds and getting away from from politics in a sense, but I just thought this was like really kind of fascinating. And I, I may not understand it correctly, but if I do... Uh, he's being sued for his conduct surrounding the uh, settlement agreement and non-disclosure agreement that uh, she got paid $130,000 for and that she's being accused of violating and they want $20 million and so forth. Um, But if you remember, they filed suit in California saying, well, yeah, but President Trump didn't sign it, so it's not a valid agreement. And there are various arguments about that and and so forth. uh, and my my uh, uh, shorthand understanding is that that's not necessarily true. Like him not signing it doesn't necessarily mean it's 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 not enforceable, but it does mean that he has to actually say no, no, that's me. My attorney did that for me, and that's fine. Um, which you know is potentially embarrassing. And I guess he's kind of done that and admitted that. But uh, at least at one point there was some. Like I was getting the impression, anyways, it's, they, they, their story changes and is fluid. But that uh, Mr. Cohen, Trump's attorney, was saying that he did it on his own. Like he used his own money, and he basically mm-hmm. did it on his own initiative, and didn't tell uh, Mr. Trump, uh, you know, that he'd done it. And I don't think that is acceptable behavior in an attorney. That's not professionally, uh, you know, uh, uh, appropriate behavior. So one of the things that has been bandied about is the idea of uh, breaching attorney-client privilege. That's exactly where I'm going, yes. Yep. And so you have to be careful about what is and is not privileged information. And if you're acting outside of the client, then that is not privileged information. Right. But also, if he's if he's saying, like, I made this agreement— in this, you know, potentially, you know, this important time just before the election about this subject that could be explosive, you know, and I didn't tell him, uh, I think that opens the possibility of just eroding the entire legitimacy of his work as an attorney for Donald Trump. Because it's like, well, if you were willing to, like, you know, violate the attorney-client relationship there, where else might you have done it? The only way to know is to sue you and go through things. And so he's being sued by Stormy Daniels. Uh, for his conduct around that agreement. And if that's the case, I think all kinds of information that would otherwise be privileged, I think 
potentially becomes vulnerable to discovery and being, you know, published in open court. That would be interesting. To say the least, <laughs> you know, I mean, that might even be in a way more damaging than like his personal tax documents. And and again, like, I don't know that that's damaging, but just like the way he's refusing to reveal it, I'm really suspicious. Like clearly there, there's stuff President Trump does not want coming out about his taxes. And oh, I, yes. I, I'm actually kind of amazed that this far into his presidency, they haven't been leaked by somebody, you know. If nothing else, it's some employee at the IRS hasn't decided that, you know, the, 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 you know, difficulties they will face will be worth the, you know, millions of dollars they can make by selling them to, I, you know, didn't Larry Flint offer a bounty for like, you know, Trump's tax information? I think so. Yeah. So, and that guy's willing to pay a lot. So <laughs> for that kind of dirt. So that's true. I don't know. But there was also that other weird moment where he got really... Which weird moment? Exactly. Uh, where he got mad at Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she basically at one point admitted that he had been part of the arbitration. Oh, and right. So yes. Yes. There was... So it, it's... That they'd already won some, some award in arbitration. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Which, of course, that doesn't make any sense unless he's part of the agreement in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so... It is that ever-shifting goalpost of what is and is not the current story. Yeah. And and in addition to all of the the legal minutiae of it, just the big picture of what a sleazy story this is. You know, the, the word porn star, I've heard the term porn star so many times recently that it's driving me insane. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 hush money agreements. Uh, and the idea that hush he... money agreement bothers me far more than porn star. <laughs> like I don't, I like I really don't care that she happens to be a porn star or that he had an affair. I mean, that's true. So don't care. That's true. But uh, hearing it over and over again, and and the hush money is the the yeah. bigger the bigger issue and the bigger in many ways. I mean that that certainly is certainly it's the one that could be a crime. Well, it's the thing that's different from say the affair between Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. True. And um, or certainly a salient difference. I mean, obviously, also, it's not inappropriate workplace behavior, unlike, say, having sex with an intern, even if it, yeah. she did sort of approach you. It's still right. not not good workplace conduct. That's which, true. Uh, but 20 years ago, I wish I'd realized more clearly. <laughs> um, I definitely uh, do want to put out the, the shout out that, you know, being a sex worker is not anything one needs to be ashamed about and i think it's shameful how much they're trying to shame her for being a sex worker yeah i i i guess I, i'm not looking at the right news sources because I, I don't see anybody sort of trying to shame her but they do always mention it like stormy daniels and they show pictures of her like you know like you know smiling as she accepts like an award at like the you know adult entertainment awards or whatever and you know like they they always seem to want to show like a shot of her like in a low-cut dress so there is a montage I'm sure <laughs> of all of the the images they've shown on CNN as of late mm. and it's yeah it's about what you would think it would be yeah though I I will just say this um if there's anyone any journalist in the world who you know is qualified to talk about uh you know uh uh the uh, effects of of having a name like Stormy Daniels and how that sounds like God. That's just obviously a fake name. It is, of course, the infamous, the one and only, 
Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I've long thought, like, is, is his real name, like, Todd Jones? And he, he's just like, he, he went to the wrong camera test audition that day. It's like, I thought this was for, you know, Pizza Delivery Guys 21, you know? Uh, this isn't this isn't a porn shoot? I'm, I'm doing news? All right, I'll do news. Sure, I'll try that. <laughs> I, I think Saturday Night Live said that uh, in one skit that he made that up for the, the Iraq War. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, it, it does sound like some sort of weapon going off <laughs> well, what, what was this um... is todd williams in iraq <laughs> hiding under a rock nope this is wolf blitzer standing boldly out there speaking of names what was uh what was president trump's name on that that hush money agreement uh in that david contract? dennison david dennison i i couldn't remember i thought it was dickie dickerson or something like uh, that david dennison and hers was pete was Priscilla Paul. Or yeah. Like how how often has someone who's now president of the United States had to use a pseudonym in a hush money agreement? That's uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about William Howard Taft. Or uh you know. Yeah. So just the We don't know much about what JFK had to do in uh That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But I mean, you know, like Taft and Harding, I mean, you know, like like wait. Harding was Teapot Dome, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, mm. like the idea that like Harding might have been using like and pseudonyms on legal agreements, I would not be shocked at all to hear that. <laughs> you know? Oh, Teapot Dome, that's bringing up high school memories, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta look that up again because I remember like thirty years ago, back when I was in high school, and I was like, oh, that is really kind of corrupt, and mm. I just forgot all about it. But yeah, it's uh. Uh, a friend of mine was assuring me that no, no, that is still the most corrupt thing that any president has done, and thus far, yeah. Well, it, all right, yes. twenty eighteen <laughs> is young. Mm. I yes. keep uh, I keep thinking of the image of an iceberg, and the tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water is what we know about the Russian collusion and the obstruction of justice following it, and the iceberg itself is what Robert Mueller knows and and what he's working on, and that. You know, I'd love to see more of it drop into the public domain uh, sooner than it's happening. (laughs) He's very deliberate. Uh, He's getting things done. It's coming up uh, not too long on one year uh, since his appointment. He was appointed on May 17th, which is my birthday. And so that was a a nice present for me. I was talking with someone the other day whose birthday is uh, November 8th, and she's very sad. Yeah. Well, I... uh, I'm I'm happy that it's being done in a in a careful and deliberate mm-hmm. manner. Um so <clears throat> yeah, I, I like things done right, especially when they're that important. Mm. Um But uh uh what was the other thing I wanted to I can't remember. So um so moving on from uh the immediate follies of uh the possible de- deposition or, or uh in in a couple of senses of the term of the Trump administration um uh they've been changing up like uh they they've uh, dismissed the secretary of veterans affairs and he's appointing like like this the personal, white house doctor the white house doctor yeah. for i don't know why yeah interesting uh the the veterans affairs secretary was the only holdover from the obama administration on the cabinet and the white house physician is also a holdover from previous administrations that's uh, a White House job as opposed to an administration job. Yeah, yeah. So he's replacing one person who was in the last administration with someone else who was in the last administration. I yeah, and I have no idea. I don't know anything about Veterans Affairs really, so I don't. Um, I've heard accusations that Mr. McKay was 
you know, doing things he shouldn't have done, but I have no idea. You know. So I, I can tell you why he's doing that. Yeah, sure. Because uh, McKay was a, rumored to be opposed to the co-baby, which is privatizing the VA. Mm-hmm. Wait, the co-baby? What? Co-brothers. It's oh. one of their one of their goals the is Cokes. to the Cokes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yep. So that's what they want to do. They want to privatize the VA. Mm-hmm. By which they mean they want to dismantle the VA and switch veterans onto something they own. Something they own, mm-hmm. an insurance plan that they own, and dump them out into. The general hospital population, which is already desperately, desperately overpopulated. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that, but that I can't say I'm exactly surprised. Yeah, that's uh I've heard that too. And basically the Veterans Administration is uh is a nice socialist uh organization. And uh it's worked really well despite a lot of the bad publicity for some specific things that have gone wrong largely due to underfunding. But, um, yeah, they want it to be something that, that they profit from specifically and that the uh, private industry profits from instead of some damn socialist institution. Well, the uh, arguably a lot of sort of government, like the, like the, certainly the Department of Defense works that way. And mm. uh, the recent omnibus spending bill, I think, jacked defense spending by $70 billion, I think, over the next year. It yes, is, but that goes to the military-industrial complex, not to Don't, don't the Koch brothers or, have a chunk of that? Um, I'm sure they do. They've yeah. got a chunk of pretty much everything. Yeah, mm. yeah. well, I, 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 I agree, and I, I think it's a shame that we're, if we're going to spend more money, it's not actually going out to the, especially the, the enlisted personnel, mm-hmm. because they could, like, I don't think they even make minimum wage, really. Oh, no, there's plenty of enlisted personnel out there who are collecting uh "Quote unquote welfare because they're not making enough money to uh, actually survive, which is just astonishing to me. A lot of veterans who have to rely on food stamps. Oh uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Well, it certainly would be interesting if uh, if you know the uh, movement to move the minimum wage up to fifteen dollars. I mean, like we could at least start by saying like all of our service personnel will start at fifteen dollars an hour, and then go from there. That would be nice. Military pay is uh. It, it's set, it's it's not it's, set in the same way. It's not like it's yeah. it's, it's not like a hourly wage, but yeah. it's I think there's an equivalent you can figure out. Yeah, it's indexed on um, some average salary of something. I forget exactly what, but it's a specific formula, and Congress always or the uh, Congress always adds a percentage to it, often at the recommendation of a, a president. So when Obama was president, there were all those uh, false memes about how he was cutting military pay when it was all set based on a formula. But, um, yeah, we could certainly work on making that formula create a more equitable kind of salary for our enlisted personnel. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure enlisted personnel get paid substantially less than, I think it's about 30000 a year is what uh, uh, $15 mm. an hour at a full-time 40-hour job mm. come to. So, yeah. Well, all public workers in general get paid less than private industry workers. Do they? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I I know this because uh, I, I'm always. Then why as, is it that we want to switch to you know that we want to switch to private contractors? You know, or that's I a mean, really good question. Um, 
because the profit goes to the people running those private corporations, oh, okay. even if they're paying more for the individuals. Um, but you know, as a as a public sector worker, as a community college teacher in Connecticut, uh, for years I've heard people say, "Oh, you know, you guys are ruining the economy because public workers, government workers, get paid so much more than everyone else." And you know, as someone with a master's degree and now more than thirty years of experience in private industry, I'd be getting paid three or four times what I'm getting paid now. I have no idea which, what what you're getting paid now, but I mean, you know, like I, you know, I I I didn't make. Thirty thousand a year running running my you know independent bookstore. Mm. So, you know. yeah, um, you know if I if I had gone into advertising or marketing, public relations, something like that, instead of Ugh, being a public being relations. a lowly humble <laughs> community college English and communications professor, I would have made I, I'd be retired by now. I would have made a lot more money than yeah. I've made. And you know I'm not complaining because I'm very happy with the money I'm making. Uh, you know, as a little kid growing up on a farm, I never dreamed I would make the kind of money I'm making now, especially um, for not pitching hay. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm not complaining at all, but I am complaining about the people who will say that, uh, public sector workers are ruining everything. You know, the Scott Walker type point yeah. of view. Oh yeah. Well, I, I know Stacy can contribute something about like working on a farm and also public sector payments employees, but yeah, sorry, you were looking <laughs> something up for me. So I was actually looking at the active duty enlisted military pay chart for 2018. Well now. Um, and so for, I don't know anything about the grades, but for the lowest grade in E1, even at over six years, even actually it never goes up. So even at over 16 years of service, yeah. they're pulling in $1,638 a month. Wow. Okay. Full time. Uh, so, so yeah, that is about $20,000. The E7 wow. grade, uh, which is one of the, which is the top you can get within six years. They're pulling in thirty six twenty seven, at over six years of service, but that's the top of the grade range there. Uh, wow. Still, so that's seventy two fifty four plus three hundred thirty six seventy. So. Oh. That's Michael 40, is doing math on his pad. It's very impressive. You know? Sorry, what? <laughs> I was saying Michael is doing math on his pad. It's oh, very yeah, impressive. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was super exciting radio there. <laughs> but yeah, that's about $43,474 if I'm doing uh, arithmetic yeah. right. So, yeah, and that's... And if you've got wife and kid, yeah, those lower pays are not... They're well, not making ends meet. And 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 to be fair, I believe while one is actually uh, enlisted, you know, all the health care is free. And that is a not insignificant benefit. It's true. But still. Uh, and there, there are house, I, I, housing supplements. Yeah. Well, I'm, like I'm also, I am of the school of thought that uh, in a society that can afford it, health care should be a right. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. not everyone agrees. You know. Those people are wrong. <laughs> but also... Like, I, I I was having a discussion, you know, on Facebook, as one does, uh, with someone who, who sees this a bit differently from, from me. And, and they were saying, like, you know, like, well, you know, the founding fathers wouldn't have supported that. And I said, look, if nothing else, the U.S. economy could not have supported uh, universal health care paid for by a public trust back then. Founding fathers also supported slavery. Mm -hmm. oh. 
there's there's all of that. There are yeah. huge and and also like you don't know that you know for all their flaws, you know Benjamin Franklin might have been like, no, yeah, actually that sounds like a great idea if we can afford it. But yeah. I mean, you know, the quality of 18th century medical care and the you know amount of surplus wealth available to the 18th century American government, it the the newly minted, still small and weak American government, like it, it was a different conversation in 1788 than it is in 2018. Yes, and quite, actually, quite <laughs> uh, from the history of medicine uh, perspective, you were better off not going to the doctor in 1788 <laughs> than well, going to the doctor. It, it, well, it de- certainly for so. acute care. I mean, it, it, it did depend. It did. I'm sorry, we, I don't want to go down this rabbit no. hole because no, our no, listeners no. do not care. Maybe we could talk about this sometime on your excellent show, Evidence Based, where we talk <laughs> about science and things. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I can't remember what we were talking about. I, I think we were talking about whether uh, they were using leeches back then uh, for medical purposes. Short answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think also, uh, Stacy, correct me if I'm wrong, but they actually have come around to there are p- specific instances where using leeches is actually medically advisable. Yes, both leeches and maggots are currently used in certain places. I'd heard maggots. I didn't know about leeches. Yeah, I think for debriding uh, uh, wounds. Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and leeches for um, they treating actually, gout, maybe. Yep, um, I'm not sure about the treating gout, but they are there's specific um, issues, especially in like fingers with the um, in with um, the capillaries. That there's something about leeches. Oh, if you're that, like having blockages or whatever. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the leeches get the blood flowing again if your fingers are otherwise gonna, mm-hmm. you know, not have enough oxygen. Okay, sure. Yeah. So there's stuff. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But again, this is civil politics that you are listening to on WXOJLP 103.3 FM. Out of Northampton, Massachusetts. (laughs) Thank you, Stacey. You you sound so good when you say the station ID. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, uh, God, I still can't remember what we were talking about, but it, it it doesn't matter. We were... Do you remember? No. We were talking I'm, I'm about really the VA. Today. The VA and the shuffling in the yes, yes. Trump administration. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. And um, uh, there was another uh, change in personnel uh, in their uh, in management at the Trump administration. I don't remember what it was now. Um, or, or some kerfuffle. Well, there's the new CDC uh, director, which I reported on oh, in right. my show. Maybe that was it. Well, um, uh, because he, he actually seems like he might be fingers crossed, actually okay. Oh, really? But he has. So, so the the controversy I, there is, was a controversy. There, there, it was about gun research, wasn't it? No. Uh, nope. Nope. Um, the the controversy was about AIDS. Uh, he's an AIDS researcher, and he ha- does have some ties to some conservative AIDS groups that um, are basically they practice abstinence only. Uh, oh, yeah. But he made it very clear that that was not his position uh, during his speech the other day. Mm. He made a fun crack about, you know, ask my wife if I believe in abstinence only. Mm. <laughs> so, right. and the other um, big issue with him is uh, he comes from the University of Maryland system. So he is an academic, not an administrator. Oh. And so that's the other issue is another person who that isn't. That was it. I was hearing like, why is he qualified? 
to d- to do this job. And apparently, he's wanted it for ten years, though. Mm. So huh. apparently, this is this is his lifelong dream. I mean, he started crying at the beginning of his speech. Mm. So apparently, he's he's. I'm I'm I am cautiously optimistic. Well, I guess that's uh, I guess that's a decision of the Trump administration that I might agree with. So mm. there's got to be a couple, right? <laughs> and, and didn't he also say something about how proud he was to be working for a, a fact-based organization, yes. or something like that? Yeah, and, that's not a dig at all. Yeah, that... you know, no, he's he was quick to point out that he believed in science-based and evidence-based uh, work. And he's also super pro vaccines. Uh, He is actually the reason why uh, our military, getting back to our military, the reason why all of them get hepatitis B shots, because he had treated a young man for hepatitis B who ended up giving it to his wife and uh, unborn child. Oh, no. And so after that, he actually, he was a doctor uh, in the army in the 80s, and he went to the brass and said, we need to do this. We need to be giving – there is a hep B vaccine and they need to be getting it. And they're actually – that's the reason why the military gets it. They're the only people who get that vaccine are our military personnel. Wait, Socialism people, again. Wait, nobody gets that or, or nobody it's, gets it for free? Um, I believe that that is the one that – there is a hep – um, and I'm not remembering if this is it, but there is one of the HEP um, vaccines, hepatitis vaccines, is only approved for military use. Hmm. Why? Because, like, I'm, I don't think I'm at any special risk, but I like being vaccinated against deadly diseases. I wouldn't mind being vaccinated against hepatitis and, you know, HPV and anything else you got. I don't, I don't, I don't want diseases. I'll take vaccines. Um, I'm not. I don't remember why exactly, but there is one. I, I would assume it's because the military is often very close quarters. They mm-hmm. do a lot of traveling. Well, it's a they're, bloodborne they're more ail- at risk. It, it's a it's a bloodborne ailment mm. and a profession where injury mm. is a real pro- yeah. possibility. <laughs> right, more so than almost any other profession. You know, yeah. you can get hurt on that job. That's true. <laughs> yes, especially when you're most using it. So. Oh, and I noticed it's like we're about halfway through, so it's probably a good time to, uh, if we're ready to press the right buttons, to play a few PSAs, promos, and IDs. But we'll be back with more civil politics uh, in just a couple of minutes after we keep keep the FCC happy. So don't go away. We'll be right back. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Football is a sport that unites fans, players, and coaches alike in a spirit of competition and camaraderie. Football season has come to our area, and while you're watching a game with friends or sharing in the excitement with family, be sure to celebrate responsibly. Never pick up the keys and drive if you've had too much to drink. And if you're 21, drinking alcohol is against the law. 
Remember, alcohol is different. Let's all work together to keep our roads and communities safe and have a winning season. This message is brought to you by your local beer distributors and this station. Did you know there is a CSA from which you can get locally brewed beer shares? Or that there is a delivery service that can bring produce from local farms to your door every week? Farm to Fork is a radio program dedicated to revealing the history of the food system in the Pioneer Valley and exploring the bounty the valley has to offer. The program tackles the complex issues surrounding food, drink, and every kind of nutrient with their individual production schemes and consumer markets. These topics and more, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on Farm to Fork, Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, WXOJLP, Northampton. Looking for an international experience but unable to travel? Consider hosting an adult international student studying English, maybe from the Congo, Iran, Tibet, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Uganda, Tunisia, India, or Iraq. We need friendly hosts interested in a true cross-cultural interchange, fluent in English, and living within a 15-minute walk or convenient bus ride to downtown Northampton. Join ILI's nonprofit effort to create language and cultural immersion experiences for our students. A stipend offsets costs. For more details, go to www.ili.edu or email amy at ili.edu. We're the International Language Institute of Massachusetts in downtown Northampton. The Lilly Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lilly Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on Internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lillylibrary.org. You are listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Mayor David Narkowitz, and I support Northampton's community radio station. Press start to continue. Video game remixes, nerdcore, hip-hop, and chiptunes from across the internet. Tune in every Monday night from 9 to 11 on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM. And check out Facebook.com slash start to continue for links to show notes, random game news, and podcasts of previous episodes. Press start to continue. All under needs to know. For all the best in Americana, check out Roots and More Tuesday morning from 7 to 9. From blues, folk and rock to Cajun, Zydeco, and alternative country, Roots and More brings you emerging artists, new releases, and older favorites. Tune in Tuesday morning from 7 to 9 on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. That's still Stacy Cooney running the board. Hello. Doing it better than I. And our guest tonight is John Shire. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be here. Yep. Uh, uh, the the regular people that you'd normally expect to hear, uh, I think at least some of them will be back next week. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, happy uh, happy uh, uh, Easter Fools, everybody, I guess, coming up this week. So, weekend. Passover. Yes. Something. <laughs> and assorted other 
things I'll that are not a... at all pagan. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I really like, like, I just, I, I, I was actually out shopping at the market tonight, just realizing, like, oh, man, you know, it was really fun decorating eggs as a kid. <laughs> you know? I kind of want to do it again. You like, can I'm... still do that. That part's totally pagan. I, I, well, I'm an atheist, so I don't care about that, but I'm just like, it was just fun, you know? Same reason why I like all the pretty lights at Christmas. It's like, look, they look nice. <laughs> See, I'm just all about the jelly beans. Yeah. Yeah, sure you are. Chocolate. <laughs> any holiday that oh, yeah, focuses I... on chocolate, I'm I'm in favor of. Yeah, that's true. Jelly beans. It's where it's at. I wait for this time every year for the jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> and those Cadbury eggs? Cadbury mm. eggs are, they're they're pretty good. And the... yeah. And other Cadbury products, but really Swedish fish jelly beans. Mm. Well, okay. <laughs> but anyways, back to civil politics. Yes. <laughs> mm, food. So uh, uh, I wanted to pivot a bit. And um, obviously one of the, the, the big uh, events, what, was it just last weekend that we had that uh, stunning just March? last yes. weekend. Wow. Yes. Uh, those those amazing kids from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, School in in Florida, and they're marching uh, uh, the March for Life. Uh, no, not, no. Uh, what was That's it? something else. March for Our Lives. <laughs> that was yeah. it, yes. I was like, no, March yeah, for Life mar- is different. March for, March life for is Our is Lives. March for Our anti-choice yes. thing that happens yeah. in yes. Washington every yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm sort of joking about that. And the people for that. the March for Life are probably, a lot of them don't like the March for Our Lives. So. I, I'm sort of joking about that because on Facebook, uh, you know, whenever you bring up gun violence, a right-winger will bring up abortion and say, well, you don't seem to be against all those babies being killed. And one person said... Well, because that's fun. I mean, no, crap. <laughs> what one person said... Uh, Can't believe I said well, that out loud. There's, there's no march for the rights of the unborn. Like, yeah, and, you is. know, I, I sent a link to the March for Life and said, yeah, there is. It's big. It's been happening a long time. Yeah. You, aren't you paying attention? Yeah. And they're not, of course. Well, that's, of course, my favorite. Uh, every time International Women's Day comes around, <laughs> yes. there's actually a British comedian uh, who spends the day on Twitter... <laughs> tweeting at every oh, why isn't there an international men's day and he just spends the whole day tweeting yes there is it's yeah. november whatever mm-hmm. yeah um and he actually raises money for charity for a women's uh shelter every year and i just find that delightful How does he do that? It's, it's like if you give me a dollar for every time i have to tell somebody this <laughs> i don't know exactly how he does it but yeah he raised he raised like a hundred thousand pounds or something ridiculous <laughs> I, i'll sign this up for one. that one <laughs> Um, well, I might have to set a limit. I mean, after all, like, <laughs> I'm not poor, but like, I can only spare to spend so much. And I imagine he could probably be, be sending out a lot of those tweets. He did it until he reached his goal. And he was like, good on you. You did it just before supper. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, so there's that. I, I, I'm super impressed by all of these, uh, uh, students for their, their, our, their eloquence, their their mm-hmm. their calmness, their uh, emotional, um, like they're they're mature and they're they're like holding it together, but they're also like the they are not hiding their raw emotions. Like that, mm-hmm. um, I don't remember the young woman's name. I should have written it down before it came on. But the woman who was who was reading a poem she'd written about it and had to stop partway through because she mm-hmm. was so nervous to be on stage in front of all these people that she actually threw up. Mm-hmm. 
I was watching that live, and uh, they they cut away from her, yeah, yeah, which was you know I can understand. You don't want to watch somebody the decision to do that, <laughs> but they they I was I was like, what's happening here? And then they cut back to her, and she said. I just threw up on international television and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're kids, but they are doing an amazing thing. And, you know, I went to the uh, March that we had here in Northampton uh, last weekend as well. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of a little ways back from when the kids were doing the speaking at the beginning at the high school, but they were fantastic. You know, What's These are local kids, right? Local yep. kids. And what's happening with uh, the students from Florida is being replicated all across the United States. Uh, and the people, like the NRA people and a lot of people who are saying these are kids who are just being manipulated by uh, what is it, Hollywood billionaires and their anti-gun agenda or something George silly Soros. like that. Yeah, they're just, they're incorrect. These are smart, caring, involved kids uh, who are really scaring people from the NRA, and they're scaring the Republican Party, and I'm really glad that they are. There's nothing scarier, I, I think, to that kind of conservatism than uh, smart, uppity teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like going back to the 1950s. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, like instead of it being rebel without a cause, it's rebel with a very specific cause that they're mm-hmm. articulating well, and and they don't like it. And, and uh, you know, I understand it's certainly uh, upsetting when when a cause you believe in is being a, a challenged, but the way they are trying to to to, to delegitimize and 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 yeah. uh, demonize, really, I guess demonize mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, just a quick one. Uh, it's Sam Fuentes is Thank the you. young woman. Yes. Mm. Thank um, you. Yep. <clears throat> Um, and the other thing I just, you know, the the idea that it's the Hollywood elite, <laughs> have they seen one of my favorite movies, I will admit, John Wick? Hollywood loves guns. Oh, yes. And 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 people being shot with them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely loves mm. guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to admit, I really enjoyed, you know, John Wick and the second one, too. They are... They are to me like absolute triumphs of, uh, they, they they have very little substance. They're all style, but it's sort of like the triumph of like if you do the style really really well, it achieves a kind of substance. You know, <laughs> there's a very important story there. It's about a man and his quest for revenge for his dog what better story is there sir i i agree though i gotta say you know um you know there's so many like oh they've kidnapped my daughter or they've killed my wife or you know but it's like you know oh they they killed his puppy like i felt that i was like oh but the puppy (laughs) well exactly that's what i loved about it because it's sort of by extension fridging someone but it's the puppy so it wasn't like you had to the you know his his wife is dead, but she wasn't killed. And I don't know. There's yeah. just something about that that made it feel better to me. I, 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 I agree. And actually, you know, I think part of the reason why it's, it's emotionally affecting, and I swear I'm going to connect this back to the, what we're really talking about here on Civil Politics. But uh, I think one of the reasons why it's so affecting is um, anytime you see animals uh, in movies, you know, they're not acting. They may be doing what they're told. But, you know, they're focusing on like, you know, my human wants me to run over here and jump up and do that. And, you know, and wants me to like knock this over and go through that door. You know, like they're just focused on like what's going on. Like 
they're they're not in any way, shape, or form like acting. They are if the dog looks happy, the dog is happy, you know? Like, and that's just how it is. And um that genuineness, like, it's one of the reasons why like you're not supposed to act with 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 dogs and children, because mm-hmm. you know, like they they don't have pretense. Um but I think one of the things that's really striking to me, and I sort of was in the notes I sort of jotted down ahead of time coming here thinking about this um is there's a particular kind of conception of what it means to be a person especially to be a male person to be a man that whole concept of masculinity um which is emotionally restrained and constrained and uh uh and violent Mm -hmm. that uh i think is in a way, like, I think is the root of the gun problem, even beyond all the issues about, like, should we ban AR-15s? I think so. But, you know. Uh, yeah, just... I think there is a much deeper issue about uh, how we deal with masculinity yeah. in mm-hmm. this country, especially. Yeah. And I think that's part of what when people talk about, like, problems with mental health. Like, it's not that you have to be mentally ill to be a man, but, like, it's emotionally damaging to be, to, like, fit that kind of stoic undemonstrative yeah you know it's part of why i found it so liberating to see you know people you know like 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 uh uh miss fuentes or or um emma gonzalez or david hogg you know mm-hmm. crying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to see women crying than men but still like it's just you know they're clearly like devastated by the loss of their friends mm-hmm. yeah the term i've heard for uh a lot of these uh mass shooters is toxic masculinity, yeah, and mm-hmm. that's what motivates them as much as anything else. Um, and you know, our president fuels that because he's an example of toxic toxic masculinity himself with the sexual harassment, with uh, you know, threatening at his rallies, people getting threatened, and him encouraging people to beat up the protesters, things like that. And the worst one, from my perspective, was after the shooting in Florida when he was, I think he was talking to a conference of governors and he, he was talking about how uh, cowardly the sheriff's deputy was for not going back into the building. And, oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. then he started talking about how if he were there, he would have gone in and run toward the shooter even if he weren't armed. I don't, I don't believe him, of course. N- yet, number one, I do not believe him. Uh, number two, I certainly wouldn't do that. It, it, it's no. such a clear example of someone trying to sound manly so much that it's a clear example of toxic masculinity. And number three, it's exactly the opposite of the advice that law enforcement people give you when you're in an active shooting situation. You're supposed to run, hide, or fight with the emphasis on running and hiding. You know, Run away from what's happening because if you run toward a shooting, the police don't know if you're the shooter or not. They have to take time to judge who you are, yeah. neutralize you or protect you. Especially if you're armed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, and in fact, there was an episode of that right after this, which is that someone had disarmed someone who was shooting up a place uh-huh. and he was shot by the police because mm-hmm. he was holding the gun. Yeah. At, yes. at the Gabby Gifford uh, shooting. I remember uh, that. Yeah. An, an armed uh, bystander was almost shot by another armed bystander. Yeah. Because, you know, things are happening so fast and it's so confusing. Whether you're a bystander or whether you're law enforcement, it's really hard to tell what's going on. So if someone does what Trump suggested, running toward it, it's just such horrible advice. Yeah. And, you know, I. 
And I just, in, oh, I'm sorry, please go ahead. I was just going to say, in fact, it's even the advice in the military, not just for uh, police officers. It's mm-hmm. also the advice even in the military is yeah. defense, you know, find a defensive position. Don't run towards bullets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Unless we give you a very specific order to do so, mm-hmm. do not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and what we were saying earlier about uh, Trump disparaging the sheriff's deputy uh, while we were on the break, you mentioned that yeah. there's already news coming out. You know, the news that you get right after a mass shooting is often really muddled and confused and nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah, and I don't want to pretend that I, I, I know what I'm, what's going on even what you're about to say. Go, yeah, go yeah but um, uh, for Trump to say that the sheriff's deputies, uh, you know, he made some kind of comment like they were cowards and they're not exactly Medal of Honor stuff. That's unbelievably stupid to say stuff like that when at that point nobody really knew what happened, even the people who were like studying what happened. And as you mentioned, you had heard something recently about that that sheriff's deputy. Oh, yes, yes. So my understanding, which of course could be wrong, so check the sources. Uh, you can use the special uh, news search function we have on the civilpoliticsradio.com uh uh, website. Uh, it's a dedicated Google search to check our trusted news sources. Um, thanks again to uh, executive producer Jana for making that happen. Um, but in a nutshell, uh, what I heard was that the sheriff's deputy uh, may- maybe was just terribly afraid and had an, had an excuse to not go in, which I totally identify with because I've certainly avoided doing things that scared me, and none of them were lethally dangerous. Mm-hmm. But um, my what he's what uh, I've heard he said was that because there was confusion in the moment as to what was happening and that he'd heard that someone had been shot outside at the football field, that therefore he thought, well, if the shooters are outside, the instructions, my training is stand guard at one of the entrances to the school, take up a position there to prevent them from entering and also catch them if they come out. But like, don't go into the school, mm-hmm. stay outside and and protect it. And that that's what what he told people arriving like i hear there's shooters outside now maybe that's not true maybe that's that's just an excuse or whatever but it's certainly a plausible thing Mm -hmm. to have happen because yeah i mean you know like like the that confusion about what's going on goes back to 1999 in columbine because there was an armed police officer at columbine high school that day Mm -hmm. i don't know if he was regularly assigned there or whatever but you know he heard there was trouble out some kind of disturbance out on the playing field so he was out outside the school looking for whatever was supposed to be going on there when uh the two shooters got active you know started shooting up the school so Mm -hmm. i don't know if he even heard the shots he was so far away from the school well even when you have the officer there and present so the the latest school shooting that happened since the one in Maryland. Right. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that somebody thought that the that the police officer had actually managed to kill the gunman. Well, it turns out the gunman actually killed himself. Mm-hmm. And so even, you know, again, this whole myth that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Once again, not true. Absolutely. So we've got only got a, a few minutes left. Um, but I, I just wondered, uh, uh, a friend of mine suggested uh, the uh, interest. What I thought was the interesting and and sort of a counterintuitive proposal that if we want to promote uh, gun control and reduce gun violence in this country, um, uh, and this person was white, by the way, was uh, was to say like, so we need to disarm the police. I'm a hundred percent for it. Um, and you know, obviously, in the light of say, well, 
Stefan Clark is just the latest name in the long, long, way too long list of of unarmed people, mostly black men, murdered by police officers for just no discernible reason at all. While a white man in body armor holding a assault rifle was peacefully arrested uh, just the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, and Mr. Clark was apparently shot in the back six times. So, um, so that's obviously horrible, and I understand why people are up in arms in Sacramento. Um, but the 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 point beyond the the wow, it would be great for everyone who's not uh, a pasty white dude like me is that um, part of the argument for why you know why we have to own it you know an AR-15 is to keep us safe from when you know the the government's you know the cops come for us or whatever. Well, if the cops are are going to be coming for you unarmed, you don't need an, an assault rifle to shoot the, to shoot them down. You know, right. So, well, so you guys agree. So, uh, I guess we're all crazy lefto- lefties. Or I, I'm withholding right? judgment on that one. I can see points in its favor, and certainly the British model. Yeah, uh, that that's what I think of the British model is yeah. that generally police officers don't have guns, but guns are available if necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, and no one's ever complained about like you know excessive violence from British police officers or cruelty and brutality or <laughs> law enforcement overstepping in Britain. So we should be doing that. Yes. However, they still have less <laughs> direct deaths. Fair enough. Again, this is radio. You can't see sort of the look of withering scorn Stacy was giving me as I was saying all that. <laughs> we should just we should just have like a regular photograph of just like just imagine everything every third thing I say somebody's sort of shaking their head and pinching their nose. So. <laughs> Oh, and yes, uh, I'm getting the 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 notice the time sign. So uh, we are about to wrap up here on civil politics. So I just want to say thank you, Stacy, for filling in. Uh, her show, Evidence Based, is on uh, 6 p.m. here on uh, Valley Free Radio. Definitely worth listening to, and also available where fine podcasts are heard. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and John Shire, thank you for joining us. You write columns for the Daily Hampshire Gazette mm-hmm. as well as teach at. The school that you mentioned that I forget. (laughs) (laughs) It took me several years to learn the name as Nantuck Community College in Enfield, Connecticut. Oh, okay. And your latest book is Donald Trump's Secret Concession Speech. Uh, possibly available places where books are sold. It's, it's available else. everywhere. If if anyone is interested in me, go to johnshire.com, J-O-H-N-S-H-E-I-R-E-R.com. It's for, a, for more information on your writing and, and stuff like that. Yes. And there's a picture of me kayaking. <laughs> very, <laughs> very exciting. And he has a great dog. There's also dog books. Oh, she yes. Is, she is a wonderful dog. Libby. Libby is my co-author for a series of uh, uh, photography and poetry and fun books for adults and children i wondered why there were paw marks on this book (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah and uh so that's going to wrap it up here for us for civil politics for today uh i want to mention that uh uh, we do podcast this show as well on itunes and stitcher and other other sources uh and we've tried to get to a regular schedule of uploading that on sunday mornings so you can find uh this there tell all your friends make new friends and tell them too Uh, we'd appreciate it uh, and finally, I uh, should mention that coming up next here on Valley Free Radio, we have Subculture, uh, some great uh, indie alt music uh, 
great stuff like the cure and whatnot uh, uh followed this by show table of is content part of the and then planet okay side productions so network great block of music for more information so uh, please visit that's all for www.planetside.pro and thank you for listening